1: just think the podcast this is Holly and Amy and Kristen and we are joined today by a guest we have been so excited to talk to Dr. Mark Berhenna am I saying it right
2: oh yeah absolutely I
1: got it okay sweet um we have been following him on Instagram that's the cool thing you know social media has its flaws for sure I think there are many days many of us don't want to be on it because of the toxic nature that can come with it But what we like to do is unfollow things that aren't helping us in our journey to learning and growing and uh, unfollow those who just wear a slam out. So we're so (laughs) excited to have Dr. Mark, as we call him, on with us today because he is, I don't even know if you meant to become one, a social media influencer Mm -hmm. and dentist um, out of California who has really helped us in our pursuits, as if you've listened to our podcast before, our whole thing is to to just encourage you to just think and to search out answers for yourselves and to question what you do believe and decide why you believe that. And we have had what Amy, Kristen, and I call the great unlearning. It's been happening in our lives for years now where all the things that we thought that we should be doing maybe we weren't doing it right, or maybe it was completely not based on real actual science. We started to find money trails to things that showed us that a lot of what we've been told to do is based on whoever's funding that study or that premise, right? And so what we love about Dr. Mark is he is certainly on the front lines of dentistry. He is a dentist, but he has done his own thinking and he's looked into the research and today we're going to talk all about your dental health and how that's actually which i didn't know this until the last what probably 20 years when my father had a, a heart condition and started to deal with things going on in his mouth in order to help his overall health and his heart and so we're excited to have you on dr mark to tell us all the things we need to know right now, based on your best understanding of the science you have, how do we take care of our oral health? How does that impact our physical health? And can we just start, because I know this is top of mind for people, can we start with the topic of fluoride? Can you fill us in sure. on what happened there?
3: Absolutely, That's uh, you You picked the most controversial in dentistry. Uh, you know, I just interviewed and was interviewed by a neurologist. And, you know, we've, we're kind of fresh off that discussion. And it's a difficult discussion to have, it it kind of brings up COVID and vaccine, kind of uh, PTSD, you know, <laughs> just listening to, you know, left side, right side, uh, I, I'm evidence based, no, your evidence is wrong kind of uh, discussion. And so uh, the good news is that it's that argument has moved forward. Uh the argument for a long time was kind of stuck in a rut uh, between uh like what were perceived as like uh communists uh you know pinkos i mean i'm talking about the 60s and 70s uh uh you know the earthy crunchy set hippies uh against a supposed professional community with evidence which i'll talk more about later there was no evidence back then it was all just by association and and it really was very divided. It became very heated. It's, it's really kind of an existential crisis in dentistry, and it's been brewing for a long time. Uh, but it's coming to a head now because we have very recent, I'm, I'm talking about maybe last 10 years, we've got great recent data from all over the world, uh, almost 70 studies that indicate that fluoride is what those communists were saying that it lowers the IQ. it dumbs down the citizens of America. you know, I'm not saying, you know that that's true to to the extent that they were saying, but but it does have an effect on a fetus. Uh, that's so that would be a pregnant woman drinking fluoridated water. It has an effect on a developing brain. And then as I was talking to the neurologist yesterday, he pointed out, well, our brain's always developing, so let's not count out adults until, you know, we die. I mean, there, there are effects. So do we want to lose four to nine IQ points because of something put in our water universally? I mean, it's ubiquitous. It's 70, almost 70% of the American population has no choice uh, unless they filter their water. They are drinking fluoridated water. And, uh, anyway, so fluoride has been around again, ubiquitous. It's been around. It was put in the water before I was born. May, may, yeah. Just around the time I was born. So in the sixties, uh, a little bit Why earlier, was actually. That? Why Pardon? was
1: that Dr. Mark just real quick. Like, yeah,
3: no, no, no. Well, Cause I
1: think some people don't know. Why did they say, Hey, we need. To right. Water?
3: Well, there was a dentist in I think it was a small town in Colorado that discovered that his patients, his kids his kid patients, pediatric patients uh, had very few cavities uh, compared to, you know, and this was dinnertime conversation with other dentists. And it's like, oh gosh, you've got a lot of cavities in your practice. Well, I don't Well, what's, what's different. Is it in the water? Right. I mean, that's an easy place to go. Well, in fact, that little town um, had very high ambient levels because it was well water of uh, fluoride, which is common. Uh, I mean, you know, in practice, I can pretty much tell what part of the country you're from, especially if you're like from Texas, because either there's a lot of well water, there's arsenic, there's fluoride, and that does have an effect on the teeth. It it leaves little fingerprints, little marks, white spots, brown spots, we call it fluorosis. And so, so it's not rocket science. You can see that. We know what a normal enamel looks like, and then we know when too many minerals and and other uh, substances have been incorporated into that min- mineral structure of the tooth because the tooth develops in the gum and it's pulling from the blood supply, calcium and other um, important, uh, you know, uh, uh, constituents of, of of tooth structure. And uh, if you're drinking the water, uh, or if you're not eating the right food and if you're not getting enough calcium or your calcium metabolism is off due to poor nutrition, then then you're going to have an altered tooth structure. That's just something we can see uh, visibly, not necessarily on the microscopic level, which obviously you would see it there as well. So anyway, um, so he had the brilliant idea that uh, maybe fluoride should be added to other water supplies. What was interesting and what really wasn't uh, brought up is that those kids had little white spots on their teeth. And, and those are, that's called fluorosis. We have a classification system of it. I grew up in San Francisco, I, which was fluoridated and I have type one fluorosis. I have little white pearlescent areas in my tooth, uh, which by the way, have gone away. We can get get back to that and how I was able to reverse that, but but unexpectedly. But, um, but anyway, that was fluoride being incorporated in place of calcium. And when I say calcium, it's a specific form of calcium that is in enamel. Uh, it's called hydroxyapatite. And we'll come back to that as well. But hydroxyapatite is phosphorus and calcium all mixed together. And it's in our saliva. It's in our food if we're eating well. And that's what the body needs to make a perfect tooth. We call it the enamel organ. It's an organ, it's a system of cells that, uh, a network of cells that create the tooth. First, the baby teeth, and then they erupt. And then in the gum and in the bone, actually, alveolar bone, while the baby teeth are doing their work, the adult teeth are forming. And that's all being pulled uh, from, you know, your, your, um, uh, calcium metabolism in your blood. And those are the building blocks. So anyway, so these kids had fluorosis and those areas of fluorosis are actually more cavity prone, but that can show up later. So that's the irony of it. Then, I mean, it's a long story and I don't want to get into it too much, but someone, a dentist, and again, dentists weren't very evidence-based then everything was like okay oh wow look at that that's cool this happened in in a petri dish here in my office somewhere let's run that out and and apply it to uh, without any regard to lo- downstream effects uh, which now we're facing uh, with fluoride so anyway it was added to the water supply uh, the aluminum uh, Alcoa company was involved they did some research uh, there, there are a lot of ties to big industry and corporate corporate greed and misinformation uh, the Phosphate fertilizer industry uh, was involved because that's where we got the fluoride. And then later we discovered that the fluoride that was a byproduct out of a smokestack by making nitrogen-rich, you know, fertilizer products uh, that that was toxic to the air. So the EPA said put scrubbers on there, and then they were able to collect even more fluoride in the scrubbers. And the problem is, is what do you do with the fluoride? Well, what a what a great thing! You can sell it to a municipal water supply instead of having to pay to dispose of this toxin, I mean, it is classified as a toxin, it's very acidic. And so they were able to sell it, put it in the water. And once it's in the water and dissolves, it releases fluoride uh, to a child that is drinking it because it's ingested, it goes into the bloodstream. And when the tooth needs to recalcify, it's replaced the hydroxyapatite ion. It's an electric, electric, uh, electronegative charged ion. It's ionic, fluoride is ionic, calcium is ionic. Um, when it's dissolved in water, that's the problem with the dry mouth. There's nothing to dissolve in it, but anyway, so, uh, anyway, so the fluoride is a little bit more attracted to the tooth. It's a little bit, what we call more electronegative. There's more of an attraction. And so it bonds to the tooth instead of calcium and okay, that's fine. And there is some evidence, scientific evidence, not anecdotal evidence that fluoride in saliva and of course it gets there through the blood supply, unfortunately, because then it goes to the brain and other organs and bones and all that. But but even if you were to add fluoride just in toothpaste, that fluoride ion does help remineralize teeth. There is some evidence of that. However, it's a wavy surface. It's not as shiny. It's a little bit more brittle. But it is a hardening of the tooth, a little bit too much, actually. Mm-hmm. But we've replaced what needs to be in the tooth, and that's the hydroxyapatite ion, which is biomimetic. It's natural. Uh, it's in our environment. It's in our diets, what the body's looking for. It's in our saliva. If you're healthy, if your oral microbiome is healthy, your oral environment is healthy. And that hydroxyapatite has been replaced because it's just not as attractive to the tooth, unfortunately. We've added, as humans, something that we thought was better. And, okay, so <laughs> okay, so fluoride may be a little bit better, but lately we've got scanning electron microscopy images and, and a lot of data showing that actually it's not better, it's more brittle, it has a wavy surface that actually makes your tooth look a little uh, duller, darker, um, and and more brittle, so, and, oh, it causes brain damage
1: (laughs) (laughs) or IQ. So it's like, why not
3: just stick with what's in our diet? And back then, you know, cereal had been invented, the big Kellogg's and General Mills. I mean, they were basically telling us that this is a wonderful food uh, and that it is health food. And of course, that's when the decay rate really took off. And so the root cause was never addressed by dentistry. The profession has mismanaged this and now we're coming to this kind of tipping point hopefully uh and i refer to this tipping point it's a lawsuit against the epa and i'm hoping and they just rescheduled it's been going on for three years they rescheduled for four days in november so i've been watching almost every session with bated breath this would be a dream come true for me uh to see uh fluoride taken out of the water now Fluoride's already been reduced by the EPA in the late 1990s. There, we were seeing too much fluorosis. Again, what I referred to those little white spots back in that town in in Colorado. And those that those are weak parts of the tooth. Um, so uh, we went from 1.4, 1.5 parts per million in the water to about 0. 0.7, 0. 0.75 parts per million. So we halved it. Halved it. Yeah. So and but anyway, it's still in our water. It turns out now that these studies that I was referring to earlier are basically indicating and demonstrating that there is no safe level of fluoride in water for ingestion.
1: And yet, and like as you said, and I just want every listener to catch this: like 70% of us Americans mm. are drinking daily water with fluoride in it. And now there's a question of like so they went from they halved it, and now the question is wait, maybe none of this is good for us. And again, I just want everybody to remember this all happened because we thought we were doing something better, right? Yep. And yep. there was a financial incentive to get rid of this fluoride right. and put it to good use. Right. But they thought they were going to kind of kill two birds with one stone and this would be great for all of us. And we find right. in 2023, <laughs> we now know that may right. not be true.
3: Well, it's the, arrogance, thought, it's the arrogance of human nature, yes. especially of scientific bodies, and I'm referring to dentistry uh, and and researchers and and so that's sad. And then the industry sees the opportunity and comes in, and that's why we're unable to reverse or it's difficult to reverse, dogma and and misinformation because the industry has taken hold and grabbed with run with that. and it's very difficult to dislodge uh, the fluoride lobby uh, in the Silicon Valley where I was practicing for almost 40 years um there was a moment in time it was turn of the century 2000 uh where the silicon valley had to vote was was putting to a vote whether we were going to fluoridate our water supplies uh and again you you'd be surprised i mean people are thinking silicon valley why were they so late to the game we have a very fragmented water supply it's all groundwater it's all contaminated with First, the military was there and then the Navy Army, then then came the Silicon Valley manufacturing chip manufacturers. It's horrible water, but it's all groundwater. And there are lots of little uh, water supplies. And they weren't able to get it all under one kind of jurisdiction where they could add it. There's no big reservoir where they can just drop in the fluoride. They voted for it. Unfortunately, I was at the meeting in Sunnyvale at the town meeting. There were about 400 people there. I was the only dentist that spoke against fluoride. I told everyone how I had three daughters I raised them without fluoride. The minute my oldest was born, this was 36, 37 years ago, I bought a a industrial grade distiller and put it in the garage and we were drinking distilled water because I didn't want them to be exposed to fluoride. And again, I didn't have the facts that I have now. It was just a bad kind of, it was a gut feeling and it was a lesser of two evils argument. Like, okay, okay. So if my kids get more cavities than other kids that are on fluoride, I can fix them. I can catch them early. (laughs) Right. Okay. Well, it turns out I didn't have to do that. They didn't get anything. They were eating correctly. And again, it wasn't perfect because we don't know now. We don't know. We didn't know then what we know now Mm. about diet and how it contributes to the number one disease in the world. And that is uh, decay, tooth decay. But anyway, so I was Literally, I wasn't booed out of there, but there were a lot of grunts and grumbles. And then I said my piece, and a lot of the dentists were a little upset, but no one approached me. When I walked out at the end, I didn't stay for the rest of the meeting. I knew what was going to happen. I was approached by three men in business suits. Uh, Back then, they were three piece suits. And I right away knew that these were either attorneys or some kind of lobby group. Turns out it was the fluoride lobby. They were very nice, very diplomatic, but very subtle pressure. Basically saying, and they knew my name; they pronounced it correctly, which means they they knew they what they
0: did the, know you.
3: Yeah, I mean, they, it wasn't like uh, you Doctor you Hannah, You know, it was like it was perfect. And and they basically said, uh, "We found what you said was very interesting." You know, despite being misguided, and I know your your peer group is probably very upset at you, and your the um, you know, the CDA, which is still in the California Dental Association hopefully doesn't have anything. It was just subtle threats, very subtle. I just said, fine, uh, we'll talk later sometime. I wish I could sit down with those three right now. I mean, that's, uh, it's been 20 plus years, but, but anyway, it's, it's a, it's a real problem, but, uh, and remember, if you're not drinking fluoridated water and you're thinking I'm in the clear, fluoride can be absorbed through the oral mucosa, especially if you have a little gum disease or gingivitis, dysbiotic oral microbiome, which thins the the me, the tissue inside the mouth makes it more permeable. That fluoride, uh, for example, when you bring your kids into the dental office, you're getting a fluoride treatment or varnish. That is way stronger, seventy times stronger, seventy x stronger than what's in the water and toothpaste. And that goes right into the bloodstream, right to the brain. And you're getting that at least twice a year. Uh, so it's everywhere. And,
1: saying, and I do want to, you to point that out for me, me too, Doctor Mark. Is you said even when you're swishing it around. So mm. like, even when you're swishing it, yep. this is important because I had a, I, I know a dentist who said, you're not swallowing it. You're yeah. not swallowing it. Yeah. So explain why that still is, it, 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 that's not, that's not getting right. so, you, it in your body.
3: Right. So if you do a Google search and, and this is, or a Google scholar search, med search, or, uh, you know, the uh, PubMed and all that. I mean, this is what I do every morning. Um, you have to look at the date of the studies. So there are some studies in the sixties and seventies saying that fluoride is not absorbed through the oral mucosa. But if you look at the more recent studies, then there are plenty of studies. There are rat studies, but th- we know that I mean you can absorb uh, fluoride through the uh, esophagus, uh, through the you know the lining of the stomach certainly, but, or the the base of the pharynx. I mean they they unfortunately they take rats and they tie back these tissues and they apply fluoride and then they measure they've got a probe in the brain and they can measure how much fluoride there is there in the blood in the brain. So it's really unfortunate you have to look at what is current. A lot of people will google something and the first thing that comes up because right. it has high SEO and you have to wonder why does it have such high SEO on uh, you know
0: google. yeah
2: don't could don't be
3: the phosphate fertilizer industry could be big food big ag whatever. But anyway, um, you have to be very careful. You really have to pick through it because Google is not reliable. And I don't, I, I use Google as infrequently as possible. I use DuckDuckGo and Swiss Cows and, mm-hmm. and other sources. I go straight to PubMed or all these uh, organizations right. that I trust. Um, and I also reach out to researchers. I have a great network of researchers that I can just call up uh, and ask because, you know, I'm not, I, I'm a dentist. I'm not a, a PhD. And I I had a, I have a background in biochemistry. That was my undergraduate major, but it's complicated and you really can't, you have to rely on a bunch of professionals and you have to come to a consensus and which is difficult to do in science. I mean, everyone thinks that science is science and there's one answer. No, I mean, they're, they're talking back and forth and disagreeing all the time. So fluoride is bad. Get it out of your life. We've got something that works great. Don't expose your kids or don't expose your 65 year old brain to this it's just not worth it and it's easy to get out of the system it's uh, air pollution is tough right very difficult how do you you know how do you deal with that there are other things like microplastics Uh, it's everywhere but your water you can get the fluoride out of your water you can get a lot of things out of your water if you know which filter to use
2: but i have okay i have a couple things real Uh quick um first, when you made the point about the 70% of the population, it's like when we talked about glyphosate, y'all, this is the, why it's so important. Like you, this is something that's happening that you don't even know. And it's out of your control, but it can be in your control, but it also costs money for people to try and filter their water and stuff you well, know? And the other yeah. thing is with the dentist. Okay. Um, well, and I do want you to talk about if you want, or if I can bring it up about that study, how they tried to hide it too. I want people to know that because that's important, but, um, what do people say is kind of like with the, with the vaccines, what does somebody say if somebody's just hearing this for the first time or they're just, you know, and even me, like with my dentist, I, they give you the option and I, I did not do it twice a year. I only did it like once a year or maybe once every two years. Cause I was like, well, at least like, I always know doses of poison. I'm always like everything in moderation and I'm like, you know, so, but now I will never do it, you know, but it's just one of those things. Once again, I had a gut feeling, but I hadn't done the research. But what do you tell a parent to tell a dentist or to ask a dentist or, you know, because it's once again, it's intimidating Mm -hmm. to people just like, and especially when you have the dentists who are, no, we've got this study. And I'm sitting here thinking as a nurse or even just anything, when you take a sublingual tablet, it dissolves Mm -hmm. in your mouth. You don't Mm -hmm. swallow it. You Mm -hmm. suck on it right there. It gets absorbed, right?
0: Yeah, into so the bloodstream. think about
2: that. And so when you're brushing yeah. your teeth and when they're saying to brush your teeth for two full yeah. minutes and the kids are brushing their teeth and you got yeah. the fluoride, you know, marinating in there, it's going, it's going yeah. in your bloodstream. So you right. have to think about that.
3: Yep. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, that's the quickest way to get medication into your body I and mean, the stomach takes longer. And that's why a lot of medications. Uh, uh, one of the most famous ones is for heart, uh, uh, the uh, digitalis. Uh, I mean, when you have a little chest pain, you know, you take that subliminally, and it wisdom. works within yeah, seconds.
2: Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So
3: um, no, that's a very, very good question. We actually have a, at Ask the Dentist, um, my daughter and I have a, a, a saying or a word for that, and that is fluoride shaming. And there's a lot of fluoride shaming going on. It's among dentists. And by the way, before I forget, America drinks the most fluoridated water in the world combined. I mean, we drink more yeah. fluoridated water than any other, uh, all other countries combined. Just, and we're,
1: just, we're just like hitting it out. And of we're the, doing great. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're hitting out of the park on <laughs> Yeah,
3: exactly. Anyway, just wanted to add that in there. Just uh, before I forget, but okay. So fluoride shaming—that's a really a good question, Kristen. Um, it's a problem. It's a real problem. I actually did an episode on my podcast about that, uh, and a lot of people on Instagram ask me about that. It's like I went in and and I I've learned from you that it's not good. You gave me the data. Sometimes the parents will bring in the data because I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, access to studies. And I I actually have a whole page on hydroxyapatite studies and how it works over fluoride. And so patients, you know, mostly moms, of course, will print this out and they'll bring it in and the dentist will just shake their head. And sometimes the patient gets fired Uh because they are wanting information. I mean and again that's our job is to educate. Uh now Correct. that dentist may have a different opinion unfortunately it's based on old information whatever but it's a real problem and so we talk about that and I think it's easy for me to say well okay then you're seeing the wrong dentist obviously if they're stuck back in the 60s or or 90s you know it's it doesn't go back that far um you know find someone that aligns with your values and it's a free country You know, you should be able to do whatever you want, and if you have that opinion, wherever you get it, whether it's based on fact or not, I mean, just choose someone else. And we actually created this problem, my daughter and I, by educating. You know, we we get uh, uh, one Instagram uh, posting, we we reach about between 1.4 and 1.6 million people per post, and that's when yeah, exactly. And I love having that voice, and it took a while to get there, but but and thank you for everyone that does follow, and and I appreciate that, but. But it, it's important to know that so we've educated these people, and now we've created this problem where they're like, "Oh my God, my dentist is upset at me. I'm being shamed. They get shamed by the front desk. It's like, yes. oh, you didn't do the fluoride treatment." because, yes. you know, they were already adding it to the bill. It's like, oh <laughs> right. You're one of those, right? Yeah. So um, so we created this directory of functionally minded dentists. And again, I'm functionally trained functionally minded, I I was that way before there was training for this approach, working upstream, uh, not thinking of cavities as a hole to fix, but more of a disease that can be prevented. There are root causes for it, for example, or many others. And and that's the kind of dentist that our listeners need to find. So we created a directory. We have a directory, I I can give you the link and it's growing. And the dentists love to be on it because they get like-minded patients. A dentist is afraid to say, uh, you know, we don't do fluoride treatments. We're going to give you this hydroxyapatite treatment. And because a lot of patients are like, oh, God, you're one of those. I mean, it goes back and forth.
0: Right.
2: Right.
3: I mean, it's hilarious. So so, again, you should be able to choose based on what you want for you and your family. And and that's what we're trying to provide uh, by being online. And it's it's a blast. It really is, because I get so many dms and emails and saying oh my god you've changed our whole lives and 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 i'm not exaggerating or at least our whole dental regimen we're getting fewer cavities we're saving money on our dental bill we love our dentist i mean this is wonderful and this is where it needs to go and and i'm hoping the lawsuit in november will be that tipping point i i will be very happy that's one thing i want to see before i leave this planet to get rid of this simple thing in that has been in our water that could improve our lives by four to yeah. nine points
0: right. yeah. per, well, per person. Us,
3: what a concept.
0: Been, we've been brainwashed to think that fluoride prevents cavities. And you know, that's who told. Just like our, vaccine our prevents kids, disease. Right. Like yeah. have to use fluoride <laughs> so you don't get cavities. Well, right. so since we know that fluoride is not what we need to use now, like you just said it, the root causes of cavities. I think that there are so many parents that are, would listen to this podcast and want to know, and even my kids, you know, I know Riley, her daughter, they're just like, I'm so scared I had a cavity. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so worried about getting a cavity cause they don't want to go through the whole process. What are the
1: root causes? and I haven't even said
2: anything to her? I know I don't they watched she, nervous she's
1: just about getting cavities, <laughs> they know Dennis scared them, you but know, from school, from school because remember, guys, that's where school we learned all of this comes from
3: school. The public mostly.
1: education system was like, Hey, you need fluoride, here's your swish, which tastes yep. like a word I won't use on the podcast, but it was right. horrible. <laughs> yes, you will, just <laughs> <not happen. laughs> I will use it, but I will not say it now. It was so bad, but remember, anyway, that's where we learned about cavities and and flossing and brushing and all that but which those parts were good it's right. just it was this whole thing like <gasps> I don't want to get a cavity, you know, I think you, cavity part,
0: right. you know you the genesis have to drill in your you know numb you up drill in your mouth like the whole yes. thing you know you want to avoid it so what what are the root causes why do we get cavities and so that we can be on the proactive preventive side right
3: well okay so that brings up another shaming aspect of our profession and parenting. I mean, the parents will shame the child saying, oh, you didn't brush and floss. And, and, and then the dentist and the hygienist will say, oh, you've got a cavity or you've got a little deep pocket. Well, it's because you're not brushing and flossing. That is not the root cause. That That's down the list, of course. But why are we brushing and flossing? What's the need for that? Our ancestors didn't need to do that. It's because of the number one root cause, and that is diet. And that brings us to big, big food, big ag. And then, so they produce this horrible product that creates chronic disease, not just cavities and gum disease. It makes us these big fireballs of inflammation, and it and it takes us down. And most of us, I think the majority of us will have two chronic diseases by age 60, or I think it's 58. And it's, and we just take it for granted, just like we do cavities. We take it for granted. It's like a rite of passage. You're going to get a cavity and it's going to hurt. It's going to be terrible and you're going to hate your dentist and blah, 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 blah. Right. So, you know, and then, so that's situation has been created. Then then the beauty of this market plan or business plan is that they, that industry will hand you over to the big medical uh, complex, you know, the big uh, pharma, yeah. and and it's like, okay, well, then we're just going to treat the symptoms, and basically, you're paying two to six thousand dollars a month, and it's just, I mean, it just, it's so dysfunctional, uh, is it? Sad, and and we're part of it. The profession yeah. is part of it. Right. Medicine, I mean, uh, it's uh, the media. The media feeds into right. it, uh, and, and the functional. Because-
1: we all play a part in it. Like it, I yeah. think that's important, right? It's right. if we all follow along and we all keep trusting the the agencies yeah. and institutions to tell mm-hmm. us what to do and how to think, then it only perpetuates the problem more because then again they're going to get their money. And it, and it, that's I've, right. when you said it that way, it it really hit me. It's like yeah, food, mm-hmm. food leads to the medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Food leads to the dentistry. Right. But if we could just go back to the root which is the food part yep. we can eliminate a lot of our like yep. enslavement to these well, also, if there can be
2: collaboration, and this is what I love about you is that you are wanting to have more of a collaboration between physicians and dentists. And if we, I mean, it's almost like they're two totally separate things, but they're not, they're mm-hmm. all connected. And if we yep. could all be connected and kind of all be on the same page, not always going to be on the same page, but just see how it all affects. Well, like, can like, you go in and tell yeah. us about how much, it your oral health affects your sleep, affects your heart, affects your overall right. health. If right. you can
0: let us know. Because read, we're, you know I was just else. gonna say we're just now putting together the whole gut brain connection, you know? Right. right. That's been like 20 years in the making that that it's finally trickled down to the masses. Oh, the gut and the brain are actually made of the same tissue and they're very connected. Mm-hmm. Just now we're oh, well, the mouth and the rest of your, you know, your your gut health, your heart health, mm-hmm. everything is connected to your mouth.
3: Right. No, it's uh back to the, uh, working with physicians. Um, it's, I, I see our, one of our roles as dentistry is to really educate physicians because, and they'll admit it, they'll say, you know, they know they've been exposed to all parts of the body, except for the mouth. And they literally have a name for it in medical school. It's the little black box and, and how that part of the body didn't get to be, you know, part of the whole body is, is, right. uh, I can't even express, <laughs> Uh, how I feel about that, but and and especially considering the degree of 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 connectivity and and the contribution that it has, whether it's sick or healthy, both certainly. Uh, so that that's a problem, and and I'm not saying that we're brilliant. I mean, we need to learn from physicians as well, because the example that uh, yesterday speaking to the neurologist, a lot of questions I was asking him is okay. I know how the fluoride gets to the brain. I know about fluoride. As a substance, I know the history of it. I know uh, why we use it and what works, what doesn't. When it gets to the brain, and then I read about you know uh, how it affects the cell layer, the lipid layer of mitochondria or the um, endoplasmic reticulum, which is in the cell. I mean, th- that's where I lose it. And and we had a great hour and a half conversation about the mechanism of what fluoride does. It can calcify the pineal gland. I mean. I know a little bit about the pineal gland, but a neurologist can really tell us well, what are the long-term ramifications of that. What happens if it's in a child? Uh, what what can it lead to? What is reversible? The brain is plastic, but not completely. So, so there's a lot of collaboration that can go on between uh, MDs and dentistry. We got kicked out of the club, by the way, in 1839 due to we were thought of as quacks, and and I'm not disagreeing with that. We were tooth carpenters. We were experimenting with ether. I mean, we were the first to knock our patients out, not physicians. Uh, And we had nitrous oxide. So, so we got kicked out of the club. And of course, when they had a toothache, they'd come see us. I mean, we would save their lives sometimes. But, right. but anyway, we weren't scientific enough. The two organizations, the AMA, which I don't think existed back then, and the, Ameri- the American Medical Association, the American Dental Association, there were early uh, versions of that. They just didn't get along. And, and I think medicine really thought that dentistry, there, there was no science to it. It was all hard tissue, it was carpentry. No, it's the majority of it is. The biological width, the permeability, and the oral microbiome. Of course, we had no idea. We didn't even know about the the gut right. microbiome. So, so that's. Uh, I hope that answers that question. Uh, what was the second question? We were talking about
2: like the just oral. How it's connected. How it's connected oh, the oral systemic connection.
3: Okay. Yeah. So that's really important. Uh, again, I think we have a the lot saying, of
2: people don't get it. Like M- no, they M- don't. M- or they just
3: of- haven't heard it. Yeah. And even if they do hear it, they're they're either like okay, well, that makes sense, but they don't know all the nuances and how serious it can be. It. Uh, and by the way, uh, I think it was Kristen that mentioned it, this gut, or maybe it was Amy, um, the gut-brain axis, there's actually a gut-biome, oral-microbiome-brain axis. Mm-hmm. And, and that axis is probably way more complicated. I mean, it probably connects to you know, other things. And by the way, there is a brain microbiome. I've been saying that for years, And I get a lot of pushback and, you know, again, I spoke to a world renowned um, neurologist yesterday and he was talking about the brain microbiome and there's there's a lymph system, the glymph, glymphatic system in the brain. And, you know, that, that ties into sleep and, and, and lymph drainage. And again, you have to think of the head. I think of the head as a laptop. Again, I was raised in the Silicon Valley and, you know, desktops had a longer MTF mean time of failure because they're big and they have fans in them and they can vent naturally the heat coming off the chips. And, and so heat is damaging to circuit boards and, and, but a laptop is everything is jammed in there and things can go wrong more, more readily, uh, because of its size. Well, that's what the head is. It's, it's got the eyes, it's got the ears, it's got the brain, it's got the entrance to the airway to digestive tract, uh, we're able to speak and move we've got it's all on this it's the control center it's mm-hmm. like the bridge of the enterprise i mean that's the it's the core it's the control center so so that's kind of what goes wrong and and then if something happens in even in the nose the nasal biome in the back of the throat the back of the tongue these are all little micro niches of the oral microbiome uh, then these bacteria, if not happy and not commensal and getting along with each other, let's say one bacteria grows it. Let's use the most basic example. If you eat a high sugar diet and it doesn't have to be sugar, it can be goldfish crackers, uh, refined carbohydrates. Again, think general mills and I don't know. General Mills is still around like, and okay. I mean, these are the big cereal companies they've been bought out. And, and anyway, um, the, these products are just as bad as sugar, in, in many ways worse, and they allow the strep mutan bug, the S mutan bug, uh, which we all have in our in our mouths, uh, to become a bully. In other words, it it um, it allows it to out colonize and outperform all of its neighbors. And when that becomes the dominant bug, then it starts creating cavities because it excretes a lot of acid, and the other bugs which are there and they could be good or bad bugs. It doesn't matter. All the good and bad bugs have dual functions. They can do good things and they can do bad things. But if they're all self-regulating or modulating is the word we use, uh, then these bugs don't get out of control. There's another bad bug for gum disease. If, And again, uh, goldfish crackers, I just use that as an example because they're so cute and kids and moms <laughs> think it's great. And I mean, that feeds that bug and can cause Alzheimer's from the mouth, from gum disease. So, so... Uh, you know, uh, there are connections to and cancer a connection
2: with the heart. You like, oh, did, yeah, there's so a, a connection a to the heart, like inflammation, just ever pretty much any almost any disease really is related to inflammation, right? right. So,
3: well, okay, so let's let's talk about the heart. I was going to talk about uh, um, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, pancreatic disorders, uh, psychiatric disorders that's now on the list for. Yeah oral microbiome dysbiosis and that connection to the rest of the body uh the whole psychiatry manual is going to be updated probably in a few years and it's going to include uh uh you know gum disease as a risk factor for um it was uh, what it bipolar, I think, or, uh, but, and other things
2: about that, that you, they can tell from the saliva. Exactly. I mean, you know,
3: if you have liver dysfunction, one of the risks or one of the indicators of that is a dysbiotic oral microbiome in about six or seven out of 10 major diseases, there's always an oral component or a bug or, so let me go through the, the mechanism of that just in generalities and you, Kristen, you touched on it, inflammation. So it's injury. Um, it's inflammation and infection. Those are the three mechanisms. So infection is kind of the one we've known about for a long time. Uh, in dentistry, when I was in dental school in the 80s, one of the first things they mentioned to you is that there, there are bugs in the mouth that if they get into the bloodstream uh, can affect dead tissue in the heart, uh, endocarditis, and you have to pre-medicate for that. Mm-hmm. And, and remember, when you get a cleaning... the bugs, there's a bacteremia. That's normal. If you're healthy, it's okay. The body deals with bacteremias all the time. It's a transient bacteremia. In other words, bugs from outside of the body, like on your skin or in your mouth, uh, will get into the body via a cut or by scraping near the gum line. And, And that's not unhealthy. The body is able to handle it. It's designed to do that. But in an unhealthy mouth or an unhealthy person, like with diabetes, metabolic syndrome, as a compromised immune system, uh, some scar tissue on the heart, these bugs that get into the bloodstream, and I'm using, I'm under the classification now of infection, that mechanism, that's where the bug can get directly to an area and cause an infection and take you down. It can literally kill you. Then there's inflammation. Again, inflammation in the mouth, which is pretty rampant, severe, and, and, and uh very common uh over age 65 i think 70% of us have inflammation in the mouth gum disease uh i think it's almost 50% uh, under 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 age 65 that's that's a pretty prevalent disease and again it's all food based and environment based it's our it's our modern kind of surroundings that are doing this to us as ignorant as we may be to that but But anyway, so, so that then there's the inflammation. So inflammation in the mouth literally seeds inflammation throughout the body. And then it also raises your CRP, your C reactive protein index. There are other markers for now for inflammation. There's the neutrophil something index. I mean, uh, but. And don't let me forget about oral microbiome testing. This can all be quantified now. This is all within the last year. But anyway, so there's that, in, that inf- inflammatory seeding and spreading or contributing to it. And a lot of physicians, I, I think we had this conversation, uh, for example, like a cardiologist is treating their patient and trying to lower the CRP with meds and other you know methods, but and unbeknownst to them, the, the greatest contributor to that may be gum disease. And that's why I created that CRP letter, which we can yeah. link to if you want. That's yeah. a, it's a letter that a physician that a patient can download off of our site. It's a two page letter. It's very simple. You give it to your dentist. The dentist fills it out, gives you some uh, idea of, or it makes, it, it gives you, gives the reader of that letter, hopefully your physician, an opinion on how much gum disease there is and how that is probably to what degree is that contributing to inflammation? And then your physician can read that. And again, there's that collaboration, because if you don't know that you're, you're getting treated by two different providers and two different alternate universes. And, and it's just, that's such a great disservice to the that's patient. It, that so that's in the inflammatory ears. mechanism. And then what was the last one? Injury, injury. And again, there are probably other mechanisms uh, via nerves, like the trigeminal nerve. And the, there's a, uh, bacteria can travel from the gut through the vagus nerve to the brain, and that I don't know. Um, I mean, I've read a lot about it, but it, it's not been proven yet. It's being talked about, but this last one we know is definitely happening, and that is injury. And that is where a byproduct of the cell in the bloodstream, or even in the mouth, in in the tissue, the inflamed tissue, uh, will release toxins, and that's what cells do. Uh, and that toxin will do the damage. It will get to the brain. One of those toxins is, is a protease uh, called gingy pain. We discovered that a few years ago. And it turns out that so that comes, to, so the P. gingivalis bug will produce that, or its presence uh, makes the body produce that. And then that is. Does not is not localized anymore. See, when things go wrong in the body, we want to keep things localized. It's right. like when you put out a fire; you want to just keep it to that one room. You yeah. don't want it to spread the whole city block.
2: Right. right. And the
3: body does the best job it can. But when things start spreading, in the, the bloodstream.
2: Does,
3: yeah, yeah, and then the gingipan gets into the brain, and that is what the brain responds to and starts laying down amyloid plaque, okay. which is not the cause of gum disease, right. but uh, of Alzheimer's but it I, is an indicator in right. that your brain is greatly impacted and you're on your way to dementia and memory loss and, and all of that. So so those are the three mechanisms. And anyway, there is this, just to sum it up, what happens in the mouth does affect the body. It is it is more than you could even expect and it's the consequences are serious. And a lot of people in the, again, this is since we had recorded data in the 1500s and on, Most people were dying in their forties from some kind of tooth infection or oral infection, some kind of oral health event. Uh, That's what took them down. So
2: you were going to talk about oral microbiome testing.
3: Yes. Okay. So thank you. Um, So it's just been a year now. We've had saliva testing for a while. Saliva is like one of the easiest things you can test. It's Mm -hmm. wonderful. It's got all sorts of things in it and DNA. And we've had saliva testing, but we've never had very high resolution, broad kind of shotgun metagenomic kind of approach where we measure for every single bug in the mouth. And there are over 700 bugs. And And I didn't explain this well enough in the beginning of our conversation. These are not bugs. These are not human bugs. This is not human DNA we're talking about. We're talking about a biome. These are, and I, I use this word freely because they are alien bugs, yes. not from another planet. Although there are, there's a group of uh, Stanford doctors that have a whole theory on that. And, you know, aliens, (laughs) and it's the biome. These are not little green things. These are bugs that are alien to us that could have come from somewhere in the universe. And they're the ones that are in charge. They're the ones that are, we're the host. We're just Mm -hmm. the ones trying to, we're the carrier. And of course, if we procreate, then the biome continues. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that our biomes are under attack because the host, that's us, have created this horrible environment with toxins and microplastics and anyway, so, but what I didn't explain properly enough is that we're talking about 700, actually the list is about to approach 800 bugs in our mouth and it's the second largest most, actually it's not the second largest, it's the second most diverse biome, actually it could be the first most diverse, second largest, don't quote me on that, but significant, right? um, <laughs> biome in the body. And of course it's connected to the gut. It could be a two-way communication. We certainly know more about the one-way communication. Uh, the saliva dumps all these bugs about a trillion a day in a liter and a half of saliva into the gut. The ones that survive, you know, get into the gut. And I mean, there are all sorts of connections. So, but this biome is, is can create havoc in, in your, in your body, if it's not well taken care of, because it is, these these alien DNA, it, it creates a super organism. We are humans or homo sapiens, and then we have these biomes. So that doesn't make us homo sapiens. That makes us a dual organism. Maybe there's another addition to that, but we are super organisms and it works well together if we take care of each other. You know, if they're happy, we're happy. And if we're happy, they're happy, right? Uh, And it works, Um, and they protect us. They give us. How do we make everybody
0: happy? I was going (laughs) to say, what are what are like your top tips for us to just have a happy oral microbiome? I know one thing that I've started doing, Kristen. I'm sure you do it too. Is I tongue scrape every morning, and I do it before I even have a sip of water. Yes, because you drink your water. And all that's going down yeah right. I, I try to tongue scrape to get all the levers yep. in there all the
3: so there are many things and it's not what you would expect it's not just brushing and flossing and seeing your dentist twice a year it's uh tongue scraping is one of my favorite actually i'm glad you brought that up uh, we have a new study out it's just a few weeks old so we have lots of studies in the last 10 years that say that if you use mouthwash uh like an alcohol-based mouthwash there are other mouthwashes that any bactericidal mouthwash, that it actually elevates your blood pressure within two to three days, because that mouthwash is killing the bacteria or taking them down uh, to the point where, A, you're gonna get more bad breath, because that's where a lot of the bad breath comes from, is from a dysbiotic microbiome. And, And it's killing those bacteria that help convert the nitrates to nitrites to NO gas, nitric oxide gas which is what actually lowers our blood pressure. And then so that that those are tenure studies. And now we have a study saying that, which is converse to what I just said, if you scrape your tongue properly, and I scrape every morning, first thing, before I drink water, then I drink a big glass of water. Um, uh, the this study, and I think there's more than one now, but there's definitely one. Uh, and I was just laughing when I read it, it was just perfect, right? Because it just confirms so much. And conversely, in this in this situation, that if you scrape your tongue, you can actually lower your blood pressure. And again, you are disrupting. Again, we don't remove when we brush and floss and scrape. We disrupt and thin that biofilm so that if it did get kind of furry and dysbiotic, we give it a chance to reset. We can't do that with chemicals. You're killing bacteria. You just want to kind of stir the pot and get it to regroup. And those are the bugs that create more nitric oxide gas, which lowers your blood pressure. So tongue scraping can, can reduce uh, bad breath, halitosis. It can make your tongue look great. You know, who, who wants a big furry white tongue? Right. Right. I mean, um, you know, and a lot of us have that because of the carbohydrates that we (laughs) eat, I mean, and mouth breathing and all that. So, so tongue scraping is a great way to go. It does take care of one of those micro niches in the oral microbiome. And of course there are others, there's flossing, there's brushing, there's um, you know, there's oil pulling, uh, but but all of those things are secondary to diet. If we had the perfect diet, we wouldn't really have to okay, focus. So
2: what, okay, what foods contribute? And we already talked about obviously anything. I, I do remember this. that Anything that's basically a carbohydrate, like pretzels, goldfish, you know, goldfish, oh, you know yeah. cereal, any of that stuff. Yeah, anything that's right. like a carbohydrate, like that. But breads, either, it didn't I even mean, help. Most or breads. Are there some, some things to include in our diet, and then also mm-hmm. we want to know what products, like if people are listening to this, they're like, Oh my God, I got to go chunk my fluoride soaked toothpaste. <laughs> I got to go get rid of my mouthwash. Can you right. tell people some good um, ideas right. and I'll tell everybody about you. Okay.
3: Diet? So okay. most of us are not going to have the perfect diet. Let's, let's admit it. And right. you know, my daughter always says, okay, well let's, let's think 80, 20, 80% of the time we're going to be perfect. I like yeah. to think I aim for 90, 10. So, um, <laughs> And, you know, I'm, I'm a carnivore, um, for a variety of reasons, but aren't, that's, let's talk about dental now, not overall health. Although the two are the same, right? Um, uh, paleo, I, I'm just, the, sh- the short answer is paleo, carnivore, no carbs, lots of fiber, vegetables, stay away from acidic drinks, sweet, sweetened drinks, uh, drinks that have added phosphoric acid. And those are the diet drinks, uh, sweeteners, artificial sweeteners, yeah. um, you know and then there are foods that actually boost the the biome like natto uh fermented products sauerkraut um
1: wine uh, is wine <laughs> yeah hard- <laughs> fermented Do you no. mean like no no <laughs> yes, that's
3: no, no. Right. I, that's a great fermented product I, I would agree with you but unfortunately wine, I mean I live in Napa Valley so gonna,
2: you live there. Yeah <laughs>
3: yeah I mean I'm looking at a winery right across the the the, right. uh, the, the road here but good, right? Well good. it's a carcinogen uh, alcohol is a carcinogen yeah. that the whole concept of it being a health drink as we were misguided. It's kind of like the whole, the saturated fat thing, you know, back in the, that was demonized by the carbohydrate industry. Well, the alcohol industry, which is massive. I mean, that's a big, big moneymaker. They want us to think in the French paradox and all that, there's that J curve. And, and -hmm. if you drink the ideal amount, it's perfect. And you throw some pate in there and all that. And and by the Mm -hmm. way, pate is a great food for the oral microbiome. But um, anyway, uh, I used to have a glass of red wine every night that I actually sat down and cooked something because I love the synergy Mm -hmm. and I stopped doing that. I have stopped doing that. Uh, I will drink when I'm in a social environment. I'll have a few glasses of red wine over a period of two, three hours, just because it's fun and, and great. But, but, you know, I'll joke sometimes, especially with my other health influencer friends or physicians, dentists, I'll say, Hey, you're a good enough friend that I'm willing to share a carcinogenic, uh, sorry, a carcinogenic drink with. Let's have yeah. some of like this. I mean, so <laughs> yeah. but but certainly uh, it's not a it's not a health drink <laughs> by any means. Yeah, I drink heard. a lot of green tea. Green tea is great for your gut microbiome. We've known that for a long time. The uh, the phenols and the catechins and mm-hmm. and it's also good for your oral microbiome. Um, uh, one of my associates and I just did a five and a an, five and a half hour kind of what we call a continuing education course for parents, for anyone for that matter. A lot of practitioners will probably listen to this. We got a little nerdy. Uh, It's a Zoom presentation. It's got 10 modules. And it's basically on how to reset your oral microbiome. And that's the beauty of it is that
2: I'll share that too. Yeah. yeah.
3: I mean, the URL will be up soon, but I'm happy to share that, but it's a way to reset your oral oral microbiome. And if you can do that again, most people overlook the mouth and they're working on getting thin and fit and they're whitening their teeth, but they're not worried about the inflammation in their mouth. I mean, and and that's normal. That's human nature. We all want to look good before we are healthy. Um, Right. And, yes. <laughs> and but but even if they are getting blood tests and working on their metabolic and their blood panels and cholesterol levels and all that, they forget the mouth and they think they're healthy, but they're always fighting that little
1: mm-hmm. little
3: part of the body that is contributing way more relative to its size uh, to inflammation and to uh, lack of well being. So, right. so, uh, yeah, this uh, diet is key. Uh, we can talk all we want, it's like sleep hygiene. Uh, we can talk all we want about sleep hygiene, but if you have a small airway, <laughs> forget it. I mean, you got to work on the big, the root causes first so that the mm-hmm. sleep hygiene aspects will actually improve your sleep. So so it's really prioritizing it. And I, I have a list that has circulated the web and it's a little controversial, although less so now because yeah. people have picked up on it and they're running with it. Um, that the number one cause of cavities is a dry mouth. It's lack of saliva. It's that mm-hmm. pH buffer. And yeah. number two... Is diet, and now if you're a nose breather and and you're mouth tape at night and you have a lot of saliva, then obviously it's going to be diet. It's going to be diet and mouth breathing. But most of us mouth breathe, and that's the big contributor to decay and oral disease and gum disease and and halitosis because it alters. It's one of the greatest uh, factors in in the myself. health of the oral microbiome. If you had a pH change in the gut which does happen, it's less happens less readily because it's way down the line, it's protected, it's in a little dark space. The mouth is like this pole position, it's open, it's everything's coming in. Saliva isn't just to lubricate, it's also to help dissolve things so that the body can sample things for the first time. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the nose, you've got got, uh, mucus and you've got these little cilia that are beating Mm -hmm. at 16 times waving at 16 times per minute, uh, sweeping things out and in and sampling and, and, you know, digestion begins in the mouth, the oral microbiome is there, it's sampling the outside environment. You don't get that in the gut microbiome, the gut microbiome is doing other stuff. So pH changes are drastic and daily and hourly in the mouth. Well, that affects the gut microbiome, it affects your breath and all that. So, so the gut, uh, the oral microbiome is what I call pole position. It's a it's a racing term, you know, it's that it's the car that's in the lead. Right. And, and and it it really gets exposed to a lot um right. everyone chases the, it's the first the it's the first
1: point of contact for any cooties and right stuff exactly to well so and the first one important.
3: that gets in an accident too
1: well, <laughs> yeah. and so for those of us who are looking to live to live in optimal health and realize how important it is and how interconnected every system in our body is whereas western medicine has compartmentalized our bodies you go to this doctor for this and this doctor for that and what we need to be doing is looking at our entire health and it really does start like you said pole position is oral it's your mouth right and so my takeaway is just from this conversation so far really are that we you want to have a dentist that is up to speed on where science is now as opposed to even 5 10 15, 20 50 years ago absolutely and and so what i want to ask you because i know we're going to have a lot of listeners and we now know let's not go for the fluoride toothpastes um I don't know if you ever do you ever say a brand that you like or, or- I do,
3: I do. I mean, that's what I'm here for. I'm willing I I, yes. I I won't I won't say anything negative about something, although I've had to a few times because there's so much the degree of misinformation is so damaging that I I just ethically yeah. I have to and we can talk about that if you want, but But, but, oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, some of them are affiliates. I make a little money off of it and, but I'll switch them and (laughs) I frustrate (laughs) the manufacturers and I get bombarded on Instagram. I I literally have to send them over to someone else or respond to them and say, listen, just send me the data, send me a study on your product because they're all these, they just want me to say something nice and that's fine. And I will, if it's helpful, but yeah, toothpaste is very important. But not as important as you would think. I always say it's 10% of the equation. The brushing and flossing are the big part. It's the mechanical action of something in your mouth that if you're eating the Western diet, you're going to need to take down that thickening biofilm and those bugs that are becoming... Uh, bullies. I mean, they're, they're growing. I mean, they're, they're taking charge and you need to knock them down so that the good bugs can come in and, and, and start helping modulate the whole scene. And you want to have a commensal, you know, kind of uh, environment where everyone's getting along and they're all modulating each other and they're all able to do their jobs. And the ones that have bad characteristics aren't doing Aren't demonstrating yeah. those characteristics. So and, it's and the act brushing, of
1: brushing and flossing alone does
3: that alone does that. Yeah.
1: yeah okay. if you yeah. want to and add then, that ten percent in, then would you? Oh, like, okay.
3: Well, like- okay. So let's say we need we need components to help remineralize our teeth, and that's when. So actually, yesterday was it yesterday or this morning? I saw this TikTok thing that went viral. Uh, I got it through a news feed. I, I don't spend time on TikTok, um, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, there's some good stuff on TikTok. I'm just saying, I just don't have the time.
0: No, same, we yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right.
3: So, um, uh, it was a hygienist in England that said that toothpaste is a complete waste of time. But then, of course, that created a, a big sensation. Right. But then she said, when you use toothpaste, don't spit it out because it has fluoride in it, and of course, you you don't want to water that down. There is a residual effect, and that I would agree with. But but you're gonna need toothpaste. That toothpaste doesn't clean your teeth. Mm -hmm. And she's partly right about that. Toothpaste really is about adding ingredients and buffering saliva and adding building blocks for remineralization. But if it's an abrasive toothpaste, that's how toothpaste started out historically around World War I they made it abrasive. They added little aluminum oxide particles and silica. And you, I mean, I've formulated many toothpaste and you can get silica in different gradients of abrasivity. And you can literally target a specific, what we call an RDA, a relative dentinal abrasivity index. And most whitening toothpaste are like off the graph, uh, aggressive and abrasive to the point where if you use it daily, you're literally damaging your teeth. And we, that scale goes up to 300 anything over 250, the American Dental Association says, nah, although a lot of the whitening toothpaste start at 250 and go to 300. And most, I would say a safe toothpaste should be under 35, maybe okay. under 50. And and, and there are, uh, I can give you a link. There are, you can find that information out. So any when any, I recommend, sorry, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, yeah. Any, any links that you have to these, yep. just to make it easy on our listeners, if you want to know the brands that that um, that you would recommend that we'll put those yeah. send them on our Substack so you can just go drop it in your card and order it.
3: Right, right. Well, and we we have a, a shop online. We have a yes. store on right. our website, and a lot of people love that because they don't have to think about it. A lot of moms yes. are busy. I mean, they've got okay. kids, and yeah. they just want to make the right decision, but they don't have time to research it, it. So They have That's to rely to on someone. Link.
2: Tell me it's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And why?
3: And why? Right. And then be yeah. willing to change your mind, and you know. Right. And I do that. Right. So, but here's here's my last comment about toothpaste. So I I, I use Boca. But I've been using my own formulation lately because I like it better, and I can tell you why if you want. But, but Boca is great because it has one product in it that is revolutionary, and I know the people who make it. They're in Portugal. It's a great company. Uh, it's, a, it's a synthetic product, but it's based on a natural product, and it's that hydroxyapatite, and it's only synthetic because they took it from its microform, which is how it's found in nature, ground-up bone sure. or tooth structure for that matter, uh, and then they made it into a smaller particle, a nano-sized particle. So, and the uptake of that is amazing. I have sensitive teeth, you know, I'm 64 years old and a lot of aggressive brushing before I knew better. And, and, uh, and, you know, and with some age, you know, you're going to, your gums are going to recede and your teeth can become sensitive to cold and to balsamic mm-hmm. vinaigrettes and, and things like that. So, but I don't have that problem as long as I use the right toothpaste uh, and fluoride did a pretty good job of that. But again, I didn't want that to go to my brain. So I stopped using that, you know, 30 years ago. But then the hydroxyapatite, the nano form, does it even better. And you can swallow it. You can, it's safe. It's just calcium. I mean, if it dissolves, you're getting more calcium, um, which our bodies need. And you want that to be in saliva. Now, having said that, though, right now on the market, I don't, and many of my colleagues, functional providers think the same. There is no perfect toothpaste out there right now, because a lot of these toothpaste, have chemicals in them, and they are chemicals uh, that are used, are there only to help aid make large batches of toothpaste so that when you fill the tubes, and I can go through the whole process if you want, it's very complicated, but filling tube by tube by, 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 by times time, t- times time thousands and millions right. of tubes there's a little bit of an echo, but
1: there was, gone. it was, okay. it was because Kristen was switching over and that's what, and it's so what it picked up your, oh, Okay, it's
3: it's, it's gone, gone now. We're
1: good. So, uh
3: so when you fill these tubes, you want every tube to have the same consistency. Well, you need to add emulsifiers and surfactants to make that. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that do to the oral microbiome? I've got lots of research. I got interested in this about eight, nine years ago and realized that it, I always question things that are in a product that aren't there that have a specific purpose for,
1: for the person. That, you, per, right. right.
3: And so I first tried to figure that out. I was told by Colgate, I've had lots of arguments with PhDs at Colgate, um, until until I was asked to be an expert witness on a lawsuit against Colgate. And I helped write the brief on their whitening claims. That's a long story, but but they stopped talking to me. I, I have no idea why. But anyway, <laughs> um, but anyway, and They kept saying, Oh, it's it's a foaming agent. Yeah, I I know. I mean, that's how it emulsifies and breaks things down and gives it a homogeneous mix. But how does that work in the mouth? Why do we want foaming? Well, people like foaming. And I thought to myself, I don't like a foaming toothpaste. It makes me brush for shorter periods of time because it, It's like you're, you know, if you open the door to your 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 washing machine, your clothes washing machine, and there are bubbles everywhere. It's like no, that's there's no benefit to that. Turns out that these are just chemicals and that help them make large batches and and reduce the cost and increase profit. And of course, I can tell you what the structure there is if you want. It's shocking, but anyway, here's the thing: those things actually have a detrimental effect on the oral microbiome. They break down the lipid barriers. They they increase the uh, the um, porosity of the oral mucosa, which means it starts leaking bacteria from the mouth into the rest of the body. It has a drying effect. Uh, SLS is one of those uh, surfactants, sodium lauryl sulfate. And again, if you see that they've removed SLS, typically what they add, and there are like 50 other derivatives of SLS. They've added another surfactant, which is more like, Derived from coconuts, it's still a surfactant, whether right. it's synthetic or it's natural. It still has a surfactant, it breaks down a lipid layer, it breaks down fats. It's a soap, yeah. and you want that lipid layer in your cells, in your moral oral microbiome. You definitely want it in the oral mucosa because that's what helps protect this one cell thick yeah. mucosa, just like the gut. Yeah. And you know, the skin is multiple layers, it's more durable, of course, because it, it has a different function. Yeah. So, so again, back well, to my statement about. No perfect toothpaste. You know, it's a great toothpaste. It has this miracle product in it, but it has the surfactants and emulsifiers in it. Essential oils are dangerous. Be careful. Most toothpaste. I mean, I'm shocked. It must cost them money. They add 20 to 30 different essential oils. Those are all right. bactericidal. Some are more than others. Maybe it gives some flavoring. Most of the flavor is too sharp, too strong. To kids, will yeah. say it's spicy or burning.
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, and I, I've gotten uh dms from other influencers saying that this homeopathic uh toothpaste literally prevented me from talking on instagram for two because it burned
1: you know my my cheek and
3: my tongue so so there are lots of things and there's no evidence there's no scientific evidence needed the regulation of toothpaste is all cosmetic it's like makeup it falls under that category unless it has fluoride in it
1: well and people worry about bad breath but you're saying when the when the oral when that biome is healthy there mm-hmm. there's no bad breath right halitosis is a symptom of right. you know uh, of right. something not being balanced right. here right and and i and i know we have to wrap up soon but i i do have a quick question for you and sure. then i want to get- I want everyone to know how to con- like how to follow you, how to access your website, how to get the products that they're looking for. Right. But um, and also that list to dentists that want to practice the way that you practice, because right. I know we're going to have a host of people asking us who we use and where they should go. So I want to get that as well. But I want to know for people who have had dental work done because we didn't know we got the fillings. Right. I know we need to get rid of the mercury fillings, right? That's right. like a big thing. Uh, again, because of the way that it can impact uh, just like fluoride, right? It has Brain that, health.
3: Yep. Brain health. neurological health. Yep.
1: Absolutely. So we got to get rid of the mercury fillings, but people who got um, uh, root canals, and, and is there anything that can be done now that they've had it done? <laughs> what's what's yeah. the ability to live now if they've had it done?
3: Right. Well, let's let's go to root canals right away. There's a lot of hype on that. If you've had a root canal, don't, don't, there's some dentists that say, take it out right away, remove the tooth. And, and then you're faced with a whole different bunch of problems and remember, the more teeth you lose, the shorter your life is. I mean, there are lots of stats on that. Um, yeah. So a root canal has to be done properly to begin with. If it is infected, if it's a cracked tooth with a hairline fracture, uh, it can take you down. Uh, get a 3D uh, x-ray of it, uh, see a specialist, do not see a general dentist. I'm there. I I did root canals. There are many dentists that can do that, but you have to do a whole bunch of them. There's some that just dabble. It's a very technique sensitive, uh, um, and there are new methods coming up all the time, like now ozone and special lasers that can disinfect the inside of, of a root canal chamber. So make sure it's done properly. If it does fail, you may have to have it removed, but it's not the fault of the root canal. It's the fault of the provider and the technique Mm -hmm. uh, or a fracture, a small fracture. That's why a lot of teeth dies because there's a small fracture. And that fracture cannot be fixed. And the root canal will alleviate some of the pain for a short period of time, but then the leakage continues, the infection continues, and then the body rejects the tooth. So, same thing with metal fillings. There are safe ways that the news is better on metal fillings. There are safe ways to remove it. Um, It's the SMART method, S M A R T that would be the only method i would use make sure you get a certified provider uh, we have many of them on our directory okay. check that certification make sure a lot of dentists will say oh i can do it safely make sure they have the smart certification because yeah. that right now is the best way so yeah i mean a lot of that bad unsafe dentistry can be reversed but a, there's a lot of scaremongering and going yeah. on as you can as you can uh, imagine and and that's and that's sad so yeah, yeah. there are a lot of imperfections in our business you know yeah. like there's no perfect toothpaste uh uh a lot of the products that we've been recommending uh are actually causing oral disease i mean why are we doing that i mean
1: like white strips do white strips cause oral disease
3: yeah it's hydrogen peroxide based product there are also glues in there uh, there's uh, we just have a new post and yeah. podcast episode on safe ways to whiten and we, we look to the eu for that the eu has very strict rules on whitening, which percentage and how to use it and age limitations. A lot of dentists, myself included, I whitened my youngest daughter's teeth because it was cool. It was available and easy. And she thought it was cool. She was working at the practice during the summers and and it caused a lot of tooth sensitivity. So so the EU has a very, we have more science now. Again, we observationally thought uh, there was a dentist in the sixties. It was actually in my neighborhood where I was practicing, used a hydrogen peroxide based gel for canker sores. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend that. We now know better, but some of it got on the tooth and the, we saw that it lightened the teeth and we were oxidizing teeth. We were bleaching teeth. That term bleaching teeth is the right term. And it's like bleaching clothes. If you over bleach your clothes in one spot, you're going to get a big white spot, right? I mean, it's damaging to the tooth structure and, and that's where bleaching came from. Well, now we have the science 20, 30, 40 years later, and we know that it can be overdone, it can dry out the inside of the tooth, it can kill a tooth, it can harm the collagen in the dentinal matrix. I mean, we, it, it's so sad that we jump on these bandwagons too soon and then down the road, and it could be like the vaccines, right? The sure. vaccines for COVID the, you know, there's some stuff coming out. Uh, I, we have a family member that um, took the fourth booster. We told her not to, and she has sure. now what's called booster induced dermatographia.
0: Yes. Yeah.
3: It's a, it's a rash and, yeah. and they don't, they know that it's related to, I'm not saying not to get a booster. Uh, I'm not going to get into the whole vaccine thing. I mean, I took the first two, uh, but, but there's so much misinformation out there and we're always ready to jump on the bandwagon. Like, this is the most amazing thing. Check yeah. it out. It's for sale. Yeah. Come to us and we'll do it for you. And then later it's like, and you, I can there's so many drugs and medication and and it seems to be getting worse because the big pharma's run out of ideas.
1: That's it. That's I it. I mean,
3: and so they're getting desperate. Look at the new fat, the fat uh drug, oh O-pe- yeah. or whatever. I mean, yeah. uh people are losing their hair. Yeah. They're losing weight and they're losing their hair and they can never go off the drug. I mean, wow.
1: Right. And yeah. th- and, th- and that's the thing. I it it. it, it And the the longer that we have studied and and read and and just researched as ordinary, average American moms, the more we realize it is going back to kind of the way that we're created to eat the foods that you can grow in your yards, you know, or, you know, in a yard, if you live in the city, but you know what I mean? So if you go back to just more of the natural approach to living your life, getting outside, movement, eating the whole foods, eating, like you said, the 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 meats and not all this processed stuff, the mm-hmm. fruits and vegetables. You know, when you go back to that lifestyle, so much of this corrects itself. And a lot of yep. where we are is because we have tried to get a quick fix on something, right. or yeah. a great solution that ultimately it's like playing whack-a-mole. You might, you might lose weight, then you're going to lose your hair.
3: Right, right. Yeah,
1: that, yeah we
3: live in a world where we're dealing with the after effects and byproducts and we're monetizing and weaponizing all of that. And there's no discussion of the root causes and the world would be much better if we could just address that first yeah. and cheaper.
1: And that is the quote of the whole episode right, right. there, right. that we could right. just get back to yeah. the root. And totally. that's what you're helping people do. Ask Thank the you. dentist. Will yep. you tell everybody how to find you?
3: Well, um, oh gosh. Uh, so ask the dentist for Instagram, askthedentist.com for our website. Uh if you're interested in sleep, we've written a, a, a bestseller on sleep. It's in the orthodontic section, Amazon, just type in uh, my last name, Brehenna. you'll find it. it's the eight hour sleep paradox. Uh, we are on TikTok. Um, you know, we've got a podcast again, ask the dentist. Uh, I'll give you all these links, but yes. I would maybe just start with Instagram, but realize, and somehow we've created this problem. A lot of people on Instagram don't know about the website and there are, there are a lot of resources on the website And a lot of the questions that you ask on Instagram, and please continue doing that. I just redirect them to a link and it's like, oh, thank you. That's great. Like on sealants, uh, we get a lot on that. And, you know, I can sit there and type forever, but it's all been lined out with studies and everything and start there first. So yeah, yeah, any, any way you want to reach out and and learn from us, we are there for you. That's definitely our our goal is to, to reset your oral microbiome, (laughs) get you going again.
1: We appreciate it. And we, we we're so glad. I think Amy found you. Thank you, Amy, for finding you and introducing you to us, but it's great to have that resource. And, I'm sure if you listen to this episode, now you have questions, go to exactly where he's on. you go to that website, you're going to find so many. I mean, I just, like I said, we just had someone reach out to us and say, Hey, did you read about the cover up of fluoride? Like they knew yep. the dangers of fluoride. And now we know right. they knew all yep. this stuff is coming out. More and more stuff is being brought to light. We're so thankful, but that's what we need people like you for Dr. Mark. Thank to you. Check- Walk us through what that means and then how to pivot into doing things that are going to serve us better. So we appreciate you so much.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it as well.
1: Thanks for being on. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.
3: Bye bye.